Today on The News and Why It Matters, the completely unbiased CNN uh, town hall about guns. Totally unbiased. Mm. Nothing to see here, guys. Uh, Twitter locking down Mitch McConnell's account, locking down Team Mitch. And are we really all going to die in 12 years from global warming? We've got special guests in the house. Uh, conservative commentator Grant Stinchfield, great to have you back. And we have also got uh, your maiden voyage on the show, yeah. author Joe Bastardi, the author of The Climate Chronicles. We've got the experts here to talk about the subjects. We're going to get into it, and it starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. Uh, before we get into the conversation, I want to thank our sponsor, iTarget Pro. Um, so iTarget Pro is great for those of you who are really into guns, which we're about to cover. Um, Grant, I know really you're, very, you're very familiar with them. <laughs> yes. You're a fan. You're a fan Big of the fan. firearms. Big fan. Um, so if you have not heard about iTarget Pro yet, you got to get one. Um, it pays for itself in uh, range fees and ammunition. Ammunition is expensive, it can right? can be expensive, absolutely. It's very expensive. Um, so if you are trying to train, uh, going to the range, things of that nature, you can do that, but consider uh, being able to train at home with iTarget Pro. It's a little laser bullet. Those of you who are watching on television can see we did a, a test run here at, at Mercury Studios. It's a laser bullet that you put in your gun and it allows you to dry fire the gun. So you're learning your weapon, you're learning the trigger uh, control, and you're learning the pull. A lot of guns, like I say, uh, my 380, it's got a really crazy long pull. You don't expect it to be as long as it is. And it's, it's really important that you train with that particular gun and you learn it. Uh, so you can go to itargetpro.com. They've got all different uh, kinds for all different kinds of calibers. So they likely have one for uh, your weapon and you can train at home. And there's also an additional bonus that you don't shoot uh, holes through your couches and your walls yeah, and your television. Positive, yeah. That's great. Positive. <laughs> that's great. Mm -hmm. uh, you can go to itargetpro.com, like I said, get 10% off plus free shipping if you, if you use promo code NEWS. That is itargetpro.com. All right, gentlemen, the, uh, the CNN town hall, um, Chris Cuomo was the moderator. So you know off the bat. Off the bat. You know off the bat mm -hmm. that you're going to get completely unbiased coverage, right? Mm, totally. That was, that was what it was, right? Grant, did you watch it? I watched lowlights of it. I'm, I can't subject myself to sit there and, <laughs> yeah. and watch all of that, just as I have a really hard time watching the Democratic debates, all of them. I last about 10, 15 minutes. i got to turn it off and discuss. It's hard. It's it hard is. work. It's a tough slog, mm -hmm. especially with Chris Cuomo. I mean, you're, you're downgrading, in my mind, from Tapper to Cuomo, first of all, oh, from the I, last thing. There's no question. Right. And then, you know, the, he was complaining about the NRA not showing up. It's like last time... You basically created a real security threat for Dana Lash, uh, who was, uh, you know, screamed at. They had a crowd chanting against her. Um, you went down this really ridiculous road where you had you opened it up for people to just basically scream obscenities at this person for the entire half hour. You know, I was with the NRA during that Parkland Town Hall as a host at NRA TV. And, and I can tell you that was a set up job oh, yeah. by CNN. Oh, absolutely. Dana Lash walked into what, what amounted to a WWE wrestling cage match is mm -hmm. what they wanted. All for entertainment purposes. They didn't care about those kids. Mm. They didn't care about public safety. And they wanted Dana Lash hung out to dry. And they did it. And then they think the NRA is going to show up to that town hall? It's ridiculous. Yeah. I, I will say that Dana did an incredible job at that. Incredible job. Like, I mean, yeah, I, I said this to her afterwards. 
that like there are certain moments in your country's history where the Second Amendment is really on the line. And that, I think that was one of them. And the fact that she stood up there and she fought against it was I mean, like legitimately, I think, a heroic thing when you talk about the Constitution. You're set into a lose-lose scenario because how are you supposed to go up against a Parkland victim mm-hmm. or a family? Right. I mean, you, you don't want to be confronting them. They get a free pass in my book yep. forever. Yeah. Okay, They can say whatever they want. I mean, like, look, you go through something like that. There's just there's no way to be able to deal with something, uh, you know, that uh, that disturbing. Right. I mean, but like that doesn't affect the fact that we have a constitution. We have a process. If you want to you want to overturn the Second Amendment, you can do it. There's a process to do it. You get you have to amend the Constitution. That's the way you do it. Yeah. Uh, talking about Chris Cuomo's remarks. I just I feel like we should just let him speak for himself. I don't think that there's a great a good way to describe just how disgusting it was. Let's watch. We also invited the National Rifle Association, the NRA, to be part of its conversation. They declined. They sent a totally disingenuous statement that they're open to honest discussion, but not this spectacle. That's what you call this, a spectacle? Yes. I guess they want to do their talking with propaganda ads and millions in lobbying. Besides, let's be honest, the gun lobby is not going to be the answer. And that shouldn't be expected any more than we expected big tobacco to help us expose the ills of smoking. The reality is people like you are the answer. And there can be no sides when it comes to wanting to be safer, better protected. There just can't be. Not anymore. I love that we are at the point uh, where mainstream media just they're just allowed to just assign uh, people's people's intentions just and just report it as news disingenuous. Does the mainstream media think that they're the answer? (laughs) I mean, this is the propaganda arm for the Democratic Party or the media, which I think is actually flipped, is now pulling the strings of the Democratic candidates. It's now almost working the opposite direction. But he wants to talk about safety. What do you think? Disarming good people is a safe way to, to go about making this country safer in Texas. We've got 10 new pro Second Amendment gun laws going into place that expand Second Amendment rights. After Sutherland Springs, you can now bring firearms into churches, places of worship. If only there was somebody inside Sutherland Springs when that maniac madman went into that church in that little town in Texas, mm-hmm. people's lives would have been saved. Yeah. And Joe, you're awfully quiet. Well, no, I was, I was saying that some of the things that I'm seeing today, and I'm probably older than everyone here, uh, there's a saying, you recognize the evil in others because you know it about yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's projection. And I, I'm really believing that that's going on now. You know, before I was sort of, Oh, well, they're saying that. And I'm generally very, uh, very calm about these kind of things, at least in public I am, you know, <laughs> in my house, I'm out of, out of my mind. <laughs> but, but I think you are seeing all across the board. And you know what I, I do in the weather, the meteorology, the reason I'm so involved in the, in the climate, we'll talk about that later, is because of my job. Because in the private sector, you have to be right. So I figure if I knew what happened yesterday, I, I'm going to see what's going to happen tomorrow if I recognize it. But I'm seeing in that fight the same thing I'm seeing, health care, mm. guns. Mm. Uh, the, uh, it's out of Alinsky. You know, I've, I'm 64, and that's dating myself, but no one else would date me <laughs> until my wife met me. But the, the, the fact is that I read Rules for Radicals when I was young. Mm. I, I, I got that de- debate that um, Glenn was talking about with uh, Alinsky and William F. Buckley, who I became a big fan of. And Alinsky was a real interesting character because he wanted to create conflict. Mm. 
if there's no conflict, create it, then come in mm -hmm. and try, try to be the repair. And he's I, honest. I, I, I mean, he's honest about what he was so, trying to so do. So what I'm saying mm -hmm. is this, you know, I'm not an expert on this or that, believe me. Uh, you know, uh, I, I think, uh, you know, uh, uh, making the best of the ability God gave me in the weather. But I see a linkage in the strategy across the board, basically hysteria and mm -hmm. isolate, demonize and destroy anybody that disagrees with you. So, yeah, I was, I was uh, listening to um, Bernie Sanders. He did an interview with Joe Rogan. He went on the Rogan podcast, which was a brilliant move by him, honestly. I mean, because it's a huge audience and Rogan is, um, you know, like Rogan's a an interesting guy because he's curious, but he's not a political guy. He's not a guy who's going to be able to push back on each one of these claims. And at one point, they're talking about guns, and Sanders says, um, you know, uh, do we have the clip here? Yep, uh, this, is, this is an amazing moment, I think. But all that I ask of the gun owners, and you're absolutely right, 99.9% .9 of gun owners would never in a million billion years think of doing these horrible things. Uh, what, but, but what? In the moment that we are living in, uh, I think that we're all going to have to make, you know, some concessions to the reality of what is going on. And that is that there is a small number of, call them what you want, depraved people who are prepared to do that. Can I, can I make something perfectly clear here? Sure. Not one thing they offer up would make anybody safer. It would not have stopped any of these mass shootings. So you, you nailed it, Stu. Bernie Sanders just admitted that 99.9% of every gun owner would never do this, but yet he's going to punish every single one yeah. of us mm -hmm. by taking away our firearms to prevent 0.1%. It's insane. It's insanity. And then, of course, this is all part of their plan because it's not about the guns. It's not about safety. It's to disrupt and make government more powerful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's true. It's it's like he. I mean that he stated that better than I think I ever could have. Right. Like I mean, he's admitting that there's almost no chance that one of these people. You're punishing 99.9 percent .9 of the population. You could say the same thing about cars. 99.9 percent .9 of the population is going to drive. They're not going to be drunk. They're not going to be crashing into people intentionally. But 0.1 percent probably will. Do we get rid of the cars? I mean, I, it, it is such a it's such a it's an interesting way he phrased that because there's a moment of honesty there where he's admitting like uh, something that we all know that if there's something that only 0.1% of the population is going to do and and many times they're going to do it without any red flag without any you know uh, uh, existing uh, condition when it comes to mental instability you there is a level of a free society that, unfortunately, you're not going to be able to stop every single person before they commit a crime unless you got Tom Cruise and, and you're in Minority Report. Mm -hmm. And they want to they want to act as if they can implement the whole Minority Report system. And it's not realistic. That's that's exactly right. Like the, the idea, the arrogance to think that you, for instance, can control the weather or control human behavior. Mm. Top uh, top down control will elevate the masses. Sure. But there's people that know better that are doing that. And, uh, you know, uh, that may be where we're going. See, I have no illusions about where this fight is going because I live next to a college campus and I'm seeing what's happening on that campus, right? And um, if you educate people a certain way, they're going to react a certain way down the road. So this is all coming back to haunt us. And the, the, I look at it as a spiritual war, okay? So I'm, I, I think that if I were the devil, which country would I want to bring down? Obviously, the United States. Paul Harvey said that years ago. So what happens is that across the board, you're seeing this kind of thing. Now, I'm not a big gun owner. We, we, we 
I, I decided when I hit 57, you know, someone comes to the house, I'm not going to be able to take them anymore. <laughs> yeah, but if you had a gun, that's you might be able to. That's what you understand that, right? <laughs> I was wrestling with this guy. I was trading this guy who's, who's an MMA fighter now, uh, Josh Kashak. So I said, I want to see how strong you are, because I wrestled at Penn State. I wanted to see what he had. And he... He had me trapped within 10 <laughs> seconds. So I call up my wife, who was the gymnastics, assistant gymnastics coach at that time, Penn State. I says, what are we going to do if someone like that breaks into our house? Like, That's why you need that? a firearm. Yes. That's <laughs> why you should never be that close well, to get into a wrestling yes. match. Well, what happened, what happened was <laughs> she said to me, Joe, you were one in four 25 years ago. He's a national champ. What did you think was okay, going to now, happen? Now add in this, Joe. Now he breaks into your house. Not only is he an MMA fighter, buddy, so. but he also is armed. Yeah. yeah. Now you're you're a sitting well, duck. You are have, your own we, executive we protection have, detail. We, yeah. we have we have a, a gun now, and uh, everyone in the family knows how to shoot it better than me. I still got this in you. I'm Rocky. I'll take him. <laughs> <laughs> well, but before we go to break, um, Grant, did you see just to your point about it's all about government control at the end of the day? Um, have you seen the protests in Hong Kong that are taking place? They've gotten, you know, so bad. I know we don't really talk about them here in America, but they've got signs now. They're holding up signs that say we need the Second Amendment. Of course. And so this is what's happened in every country. History has proven. And it's no coincidence that as the Democrats push for socialism, they also bring their number one issue is to disarm America. It all goes hand in hand. We watch this happen in Venezuela. You see people protesting in Hong Kong. The reason that we say we need a well-armed militia, and I don't care what any Democrat says, we are the militia. Mm-hmm. No one has ever invaded the United States of America because every single one of us, most of us, a lot of us, mm-hmm. have a firearm. No army's going to be able to march through the streets through this country. Right. I promise you that. Yeah. You know what's crazy? Across the board, think about this. The generation in Eastern Europe that overthrew the uh, communist bloc, okay, was probably from 25 to 50, right? That generation today is trying to take us toward where these people were. Mm. You know, back, back that socialist, communist, or whatever it was. If you talk to someone that comes out of Eastern Europe, he can tell you exactly what was going on, and you get appreciation. But how many, how many 25 to 50-year-olds uh, run into people like that today? Yeah. So it, it's, just, it's just crazy that the age, the age that overthrew communism is now the age group that's trying to bring on whatever this is, I don't know, it's fascinating. Yeah. Uh, all right, we got to take a quick break. We'll be back. Twitter, uh, speaking of unbiased, you know, we said CNN was unbiased. Also, Twitter is very unbiased. They have actually locked now Mitch McConnell's campaign and also uh, reporter Ryan Saavedra. Apologies if I did not get his last name right. Daily Wire, right? Yes, from the Daily Wire. Um, They have locked their accounts requiring them to pull down a video of um, all of the protesters outside Mitch McConnell's house shouting death threats at him. So, so first of all, the left, just think of what they do. They go to somebody's house, an elected official's house, and and it's not even just protesting. Mm -hmm. Stab him in the heart. Yes. Mm -hmm. Kill him. They're calling for his death. Mm -hmm. Majority leader of the United States Senate. That's the pacifist left that we talk about. These are the same people, by the way, that want to take away our firearms. Mm -hmm. Okay? He puts up a video of them calling for his death, and they suspend Mitch McConnell's campaign account for calling out the violence 
It's unreal. I promise you that would never happen to a liberal's Twitter account. Never. No. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, you just look at the look at the proof of who has been suspended in the past and who gets to stay. I mean, you, we were talking about Dana Lash earlier. Well, I J- mean, she James gets Woods. death threats. Yeah, but she gets death threats all the time mm-hmm. on Twitter right there. They rarely do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and you look at that. Uh, she made a great point in a in a column about these red flag laws that they're talking about, and that like, think of your experience on Twitter and Facebook. Every time a conservative makes a point that's even mildly controversial, in this case, a threat against a conservative, and they pull them down. Imagine apply that now to your Second Amendment rights, right? Like, it's kind of being applied through a private company on your First Amendment rights. That's not working out well for conservatives. You want that to happen to your Second Amendment rights? Can I just say something on red flags? Because I think it's really important yeah. that it's made clear to people. Nobody, not the NRA, not any gun rights organization, not any law-abiding gun owner wants a mentally ill nutcase to have his hands on firearms. Nobody. But what you're saying with due process is that there has to be due process when it comes to red flag laws. This is a fundamental tenet uh, of our society, of our rights, that you have to have an ability to make your own case. So many of the red flag laws that we're seeing pass from state to state do not allow for this. They allow for a complaint to be filed and the police to show up on your doorstep and basically take away your firearms. Mm-hmm. That is un-American. All we're saying is go through the process. Make sure due process is there. And I, I do think that that is, that is a, an important distinction to bring up because I feel like we get so lost in the battle between, well, this statistic shows this and this statistic shows this. And at the end of the day, you know, it is important to remind people just because we believe in the Second Amendment doesn't mean that we don't, our heart doesn't go out to these people and that we don't want something, some sort of solution. It's just that that isn't the way. Before you seize property, do it in a constitutional manner, right? right? And so this is the problem with liberals versus conservatives today. Liberals want to ignore the Constitution. They want to ignore that the Second Amendment even exists, and and they want to ignore the rights that we have when it comes to seizing property from individuals. Well, they they want to delegitimize. uh, It's called the fruit of the poison tree. If if you're delegitimizing the founding of the country and all these things, and the, uh, the Second Amendment, the First Amendment, they're all gone. You replace it, and that's that. And that's the same thing. When government grows... Go- government growing big. The, the argument is how big should government be? The bigger it grows, the more it gets in the way, let's say, you know, of, of spiritual things. Why? If you become dependent on the government for every, anything, you start learning how to kowtow to the government rather than looking for things bigger that may be more important down the road. So, I, I, and of course, the, the destruction of religion and belief in God is... If you can't believe in God, well, then you better believe in the government. So, I mean, it just sort of makes sense to me. And people go, oh, no, it's not like that. And I go, well, look at look at the data. Look what's going on in front of you. I mean, and this idea that you could just suspend uh, 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 one of your God-given rights for a few weeks while they figure things out is not—that's not okay. No, right? like I mean, it's not. I, I, I'm waiting for the uh, the group to uh, propose uh, late October around Halloween that they they suspend the 19th Amendment so that women just can't vote for a couple weeks. No big deal. Don't worry about it. You'll get your voting rights back in a few weeks. That's not okay. It's it's your God-given right. You know, we believe in 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 these. You know, that's why these are self-evident truths and and you should be able to protect yourself without having to prove your innocence first. That is, it's a reversal. It's innocent until proven guilty. It's not guilty until proven innocent. Well, the problem, we seem to want to do that right now. The problem is that, that 
they're trying to get rid of those things. You just said, you said, well, that's un-American. And they're like, well, we don't want America to be this way anymore. So you're seeing, you're seeing a concerted effort across the board mm. to sow chaos and feel, you feel helpless. And if you feel helpless, then what are you going to do, right? Uh, someone save me, right? Yeah, uh, that's true. Yeah, they are, they're, they are un-American. They don't they they hate America. They want to transform. Well, so they hate they the way America is. They have a vision of America. See, this is uh, I, I was uh, I was at the climate conference this past weekend. And the guy that introduced me said, but Stardy's one problem is he's too nice and too tolerant. <laughs> right. Because I say, you know, they they believe their America, the America that they can love is different from what's being right. what we were taught. And there's a big problem. Nobody you think kids are being taught the Second Amendment, First Amendment, like no. we were in civics class, you know, back in seventh and eighth grade? No. So they don't even know. They just you know, if you if you if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. So what happens is they don't get the kind of foundational education Mm-hmm. As to why, you know, look at the electoral college. They, they, oh, they want to get do do mm-hmm. away with that because they're not being taught that. So you you put twenty, thirty, forty years of not being taught why we have the constitution the way it is, or why we have the electoral college, or whatever it is. Guess what's going to happen? Whoever gets control of the message takes mm-hmm. over, and I think you're seeing that. Grant, last word. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it all comes down to individual liberty. Mm-hmm. And so what we're seeing is a destruction of liberty across all platforms, whether it's Mitch McConnell on Twitter and whether it's Twitter. Look, it's their platform. They can do whatever they want with their platform. I, I get that. But the bottom line is it's about silencing us. And the way they silence us is, is take away our rights and make up lies. And, and the amount of lies that are being spewed today, uh, I've never seen it at a level like this before. Well, and I would just like to, to push back a little bit on the platform thing. Yes, they are technically considered a platform now, but if they want to have those standards, they should apply them equally well, or look, they should become the, a publisher the, status, the, the, right? They should apply them equally, but I think free markets would allow us to decide if we want to use Twitter or not, right? right? right and and absolutely. so... Um, I believe they have the ability to do whatever they want mm-hmm. on their platform, mm-hmm. right? Well, they, I don't yeah, really they want... do at the end of the day, but don't get, they shouldn't get the protection that they get as a platform if they're going to be a publisher well, that's and true. decipher that, who, who gets standards applied and who doesn't. That is true. They shouldn't get those kind of protections. But in the end, it's up to us to change their behavior, mm-hmm. and it's up to us not to use Twitter anymore. Bottom line is I don't think that's going to happen. Crap. <laughs> <laughs> I was just on it earlier today. All right, back in a minute. Uh, Like I said at the beginning of the show, coming up, we are going to find out from the expert himself, Joe Bastardi, whether or not we are all going to die from global warming and climate change in 12 years. Or I guess it's like 11 and a half years at this point, because there's been some time that's passed since AOC uh, told us, the expert, obviously. Sorry, Joe. Um, (laughs) But before we get into that, Joe, you have, is your book out? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's been out for a couple of years. Okay. And it, it's, it's called The Climate Chronicles, Inconvenient Revelations. You won't hear from Al Gore and others. Yeah. And it's it's not your standard climate book. There's only a little bit about the argument there. What I try to do is I try to draw the attention 
to all these other side issues mm-hmm. that are, and the reason I wrote it, it's a love story, because I've loved the weather since I was three. My dad's a meteorologist, my son wants to be a meteorologist. About I heard my great-grandfather was a meteorologist back in Italy, or a weatherman back yeah. in Italy. So the Climate Chronicles, go buy it. Overtime starts now. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. All right, Joe, since we've uh, we've got the expert in the house, yes. you know, we talk all there the time. There are no experts in weather and climate. Only God's the expert. Remember that. Well, the rest <laughs> of us just try. Okay, okay. Um, but, uh, you know, we talk so often on this show about all of the Democratic presidential candidates and all of their different plans that they have for climate change. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about doom and gloom. Uh, was wondering what your perspective was on all of, you know, the Green New Deal, all of the uh, the plans being proposed as something that's going to save us all. Well, uh, first of all, back in 2015, when Gina McCarthy admitted that all the draconian proposals by the EPA would only save 0.01 C, but it would lead to the rest of the globe following us in and taking action, I thought that she was purposely sabotaging the the agenda because i said you mean to tell me you're going to take down the economy over 0.01 celsius it's not even within the error bar and no one in the media picked up on that now i started thinking how come they're not picking up on that and the reason is and if you look at the green new deal and the 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 economic suicide that it really is Mm -hmm. all right is that all this is by design and the design is not to save the planet as far as I'm concerned, you know, I don't want to offend anybody, but, you know, planet to me was saved 2,000 years ago. But that's my, that's my opinion. I understand why people have different opinions. But life has never been better on planet Earth. Climate deaths are plummeting. The Earth is greener than it's ever been in the satellite era. All right. Personal GDP, life expectancy, those are the true hockey sticks. They go straight up. And it's amazing how people accept it. Now, the reason they accept this stuff is because they're weaponizing the weather. And that was a chapter in my book, The Weaponization of Weather, where every event and even non-events become news. For instance, AOC claiming that the migrant caravans were coming north because of climate change in Central America. OK, I, I went back. I looked at the last 20 years. There's been no significant change in temperature, maybe point. Point one C. I don't know how the human body over 20 years can detect that. And precipitation has been near normal. Uh, second thing. And third, even Nicaragua is growing more food than they've ever grown before. That's uh, the food production of the planet is at record levels. And the interesting thing is, is yeah, I'm in State, uh, State College, Bullsburg, Pennsylvania. We can't have orange groves there because it gets cold. My point is that life, life goes on better. You listen to Dr. Will Happer. The warmer, you know, you don't want it to get too warm, but the more CO2 there is, the more more plants are going to grow. Mm-hmm. And we may be, he, Dr. Happer says, we're coming out of a CO2 drought and that maybe the, the correct level of CO2 for support animal life and plant life is higher than what it is now. You see the oceans warming cyclically and, uh, you know, all the carbon dioxide in the air. It didn't just magically appear as fairy dust from somewhere. It's always been here. So my opinion on that is, you know, 
there is a moral and ethical case for fossil fuels. In fact, Alex Epstein, who's someone you should put in this seat yeah, sometime, he's great. He's great. Mm-hmm. He wrote that book, The Moral and Ethical Case for Moral Case for Fossil Fuels, and you just see it right down the line. So I have to say, given the fact that adaptation, you know, conflict adaptation leads to progress. We've always adapted in this country, okay? I have to say that adaptation is the way to go, no matter what's caused. It could be the man in the moon. As a meteorologist, I, have, I do have to deal with the planet being warmer. But what they don't tell you is where it's warming and when. It's mostly warming up in the Arctic regions during their winter. You know, and so what they do is they put the Earth's on fire. They have all these red colors. It's 0.2, for instance, the month of July, hottest month on record, people say, it's 0.3 Celsius above the 30-year running average. All that means is that there was enough warm air to outduel the cold air, like the record cold you had in Russia. No one said boo about that, right? Mm-hmm. So they, they'll run to Greenland and they'll run to Europe, right? Oh, it's warm over here. Or D.C.'s having a heat wave. But they won't tell you there's countering cold all over the place, right? Mm-hmm. And that countering cold is a sign that the atmosphere is fighting back. 2013... If I could have wrestled the way I talk, I would have been national champion. <laughs> 2013, we heard about the perma drought coming, mm-hmm. right? Remember, after the hot summers in Texas and California, what happened? The exact opposite thing happened that they forecast. And I'll tell you why that happened. What they were anticipating happened is a large ridge of high pressure would expand over the United States. The summers would get progressively hotter. What happens is with the increase in water vapor in the air due to the oceans warming, and the oceans, the oceans warm cyclically. They don't just, uh, well, CO2 is warming the ocean up. So what happens is water vapor comes in the air. If the atmosphere was warming significantly, it'd just be warmer, more humid, and dry. Instead, it's raining a lot, which means there's resistance going on. And then you look over the tropics. The reason why the, the tropical, the, what we call the ACE index, is not... Uh, um, increase globally is because the air is drying out over the tropics. Mm-hmm. That's opposite of what they were predicted. People don't even understand this. How is it? it, it okay, I'm, I'm well aware when I make mistakes in what I do. But in 2013, my company came out and said, this looks like 52 through 54, which are brutally hot in Texas and dry. All right. And it's going to reverse within two or three years. Sure enough, by 2016 and 17, it reversed. Same way it reversed in 57, 58, mm. right? The same, you saw what happened. So here's, here's why I'm involved with this. The atmosphere is an infinite majestic system that no man can possibly keep up with. It is the greatest teacher of humility that there is. So what you do is you go back and you look at what happened. And so when something shows up, like Sandy, okay, mm. October 21st, I started emailing the people of Fox and my clients that this was going to come up. Why did I know that? It, wasn't, it was just a tropical wave at that Why time. Why weren't you emailing right? Sarah? Well, <laughs> <laughs> Why did I know that? Awesome. Because I had the maps from Hurricane <laughs> Hazel from my dad telling me to look out for this, this kind. He used to always call, talk about shortcut storms coming into the mid-Atlantic states. You know, Hazel roared up the coast of the Category 4 in October of 54. Or Harvey. Everybody's staring at the eclipse on August 21st. Harvey's a tropical wave in the Western Caribbean at the time. We're warning our te- uh, clients on the Texas Gulf Coast about it. How did I know that? It's not, it's not magic, and it's not that I'm smart. It's just that the foundation you stand on today was built yesterday to reach for tomorrow. So you see people trashing yesterday. For instance, if you look at the reanalysis, they're taking temperatures down from previous warm eras. Yeah. The 1930s, 40s, and 50s, you know. Joe, can I say why this is important? 
So, so you talk about all the science, right, behind it and all the science stuff, but you said it right off the bat. They are concerned about this, not really. All of this, if they want to stop it, in their opinion, based off of no science, is to upend our economy, yeah. is to go after fossil are, fuels, are, is to go after industry, go after, I own a trucking company, go after my trucking company. I got 18 wheelers on the road. They have to have diesel particulate filters to comply with California standards. I'm in Texas, those things are computerized, they break down, it costs me more money than you can imagine, and, and I don't think they do anything to stop climate change. Let, let me say something. There are honest brokers on the other side. Okay, they're guys that really believe it because they research and they're so focused on it uh, rather than someone like me is like like I I have a simple equation. The sun, the ocean, stochastic events and the very design of the system. All right. You have most of the land in the northern hemisphere, most of the ocean in the southern hemisphere. You're wobbling on your axis around an inconsistent sun. What did you think is going to happen? Not every day, 74 for a high, 52 for a low, and it rains at 3 a.m. in the morning. But they're so focused on that, and they, they understand the feedback from CO2, and I call attribution in the weather when you make a forecast. For instance, you see how shut down the Atlantic Ocean is right now? Uh, there's nothing in the tropics at all. It's because of Madden Julian oscillations in a certain phase. So I'm looking at something out in the Pacific, out in the Western Pacific, an event going on out there, say that's shutting the Atlantic down for two to three weeks, right? So you, you use what we call attribution. Mm-hmm. So what happens is you have all these variables that are the climate, uh, controlling the climate. And what the CO2 crowd is doing is they're just focusing on that one factor and ignoring the rest of them. So I feel like uh, the answer to my question is that all of the Democratic presidential candidates are full of it. They're full of it. They're full of baloney. We got to move on uh, before before we have to go. We have to share this amazing, amazing Mm. millennial story, Stowe. If this is not a window into what is ahead of us, I don't know what is. Yeah. Uh, he, this is a story told by a, uh, a woman on Twitter who just happened to witness this, and it's a fascinating one. She talks about how she's at, a, at an office and sees this interaction actually occur. She sees um, a woman uh, who is a writer and a boss uh, her, who is also a woman having an interaction. She says um, she was giving her feedback, the boss was giving her feedback on reviewing edits, uh, which she made it something that, that the young woman had written. She said they had been speaking in low tones, but their volume got louder as they got towards the end of the conversation because the young woman was upset at one of the edits. The particular edit was correcting the spelling of hamster, H-A-M-P-S-T-E-R, which is not how you spell the word, to hamster. (laughs) Maybe it's the old English. Maybe it is. I don't know. (laughs) Apparently, she had used the phrase like spinning in a hamster wheel. Uh, in this draft, but uh, apparently not not accepted. The young woman kept saying, I don't know why you corrected that because I spell it with the P in it. <laughs> the boss said calmly, but that's not how the word is spelled. There is no P in hamster. The young woman says, um, but you don't know that. I learned to spell it with a P and that's how I spell it. <laughs> the boss, remaining very calm and professional, let's go to dictionary.com and look it up together. And mind you, this is this woman is in a is in her late twenties, not a fifth grader. This is not someone you want to play boggle. With. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, and uh, really quickly, I noticed uh-huh. she's not saying she her defense is not this is the correct way to spell it. She's right. just saying no, nope, I spell that's it how that I way. do I, it. Right. Why? It's like almost like a judgment. Like why yeah. are you judging me for how I learned this word? Uh, the boss says, uh, "Let's look over the rest of the piece so I can explain the rest of my edits." They do. The woman is fighting back tears. 
The boss says, I know edits can be difficult to go over sometimes. As writers, you know, we've all had to go through tough Mm -hmm. edits, Um, especially when you're working on new kinds of things, but it's a necessary process. The boss gets up from the table, goes to her office, and the woman can barely hold it together. She moves to another table in the common workspace area, drops all her stuff loudly on the table, and starts texting. A minute later, her phone rings. It was her mom. She had texted her mom to call her because it was urgent, and, you know, the mom probably thinks it's like an ER situation, right? She then puts her mom on speakerphone in the middle of the workplace. She bursts into tears, wants her mom to, to call her boss and tell her not to be mean about telling her how to spell words like hamster. There's something great about just the fact that it's about the word hamster. hamster. I don't know what it is. About. The mother tells her that the boss is an idiot. Again, this is the problem, right? It's the parent here. Um, and does not have to, she does not have to listen to her and, 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 and blah, 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 blah. The young woman kept saying, I thought what I wrote was perfect, and she just made all these changes. And then she had the nerve to tell me I was spelling words wrong when I know they are right because that's how I've always spelled them. <laughs> she then went on, still on speakerphone, to tell her mom that I'm very great, office inappropriate detail about how hungover she was and what her and her friends did with some guys the night before. The mom laughed and laughed and laughed. And like, this is just a silly story. It's a funny story. It's an entertaining story. But it is a window into like what our society is becoming. There are actual truths. There are moral truths. There are things that we should all be able to agree on as foundational aspects of our society. If like you can't spelling agree the with word spelling hamster? the word hamster. Well, <laughs> the relative truths and absolute truths. And that's the Yeah, that's the it's big moral problem. relativism. It really is. And, and, and when it comes to spelling, I mean, I, I feel like we've crossed a real line there. Yeah. Uh, Grant, what is that? Parents these days. How does that? Do you have any Look, hope I, for these people who are being raised by a, a mother who would just tell her daughter, well, it's okay, baby, you, I will call your boss and you should not have to ridiculous. put up with this. So I, I had an issue at, at the pool today. And so my son comes up to me and says, hey, this young man just called me the B word. <gasps> Which with a B, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. So I said, buddy, no one likes a rat. Snitches end up in ditches. Why are you coming <laughs> here to tell me? Unless someone's gonna die or break in the law, I really don't wanna know about it, right? <laughs> the mother follows up and says, my son didn't say that. He told me he didn't say that. Oh, well, case okay. closed. Okay, so my son's all upset. I said, buddy, don't let other people's mm-hmm. actions affect your emotions. Mm-hmm. You can't do that in life. You're you, in you, control, not them. You're in right. control, not them. He wins if he sees that you, he upsets you. But the parents should have brought both kids together. That's what yes. we want to do. Yes. Tell them they're both idiots. Yes. Get together, shake hands, go back in the pool, and be done with it. But mm-hmm. instead... She rushed to the defense of her little child. How dare he be accused of anything? And to me, this is what we're up against when it comes to parenting. It's funny. Go, go ahead, I was Joe. I say that this is, we wonder as to why this generation appreciates socialism. Yeah. Well, their mother or their father has, has protected them their entire lives. And, and instead of seeing the negatives of, you know, 100 million dead over a century, what they see is their mommy. Mm-hmm. Your mommy is there for them whenever, when, if you can't afford healthcare, your mommy is there. If you can't afford college, your mommy is there. If you can't afford life in general, your mommy is there. And they see that sort of nanny state philosophy and they say it, it seems appealing to them, right? I mean, like, we're told by the media over and over again that they are actually going to be successful at doing these things, providing healthcare for You, you know what's interesting? It's not realistic. I don't mind a person living the way they want to live. Sure. Just don't force me to live. Right. And that's yeah. the difference between conservatives and liberals. All right. Conservatives, you know, it's like this. You're walking, you're walking in the uh, you're walking in a supermarket. You fall. 
if you're a conservative, you turn around and see if anybody's laughing at you. Or, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. right. If you're if you're a liberal, you look for you're someone offended. to sue. Yeah. Yeah. Offended. Yeah. Liberals get offended no, I, easily. I mean, and so, some of the liberals watch it and say, no, that's not true. Like, you, why do you want to force your lifestyle on me? Why am I threatening? Maybe I'm threatening because, well, my lifestyle is successful or my lifestyle is this or that. So why do you want to change it, right? So... I think it's a matter of control. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yesterday's poll question, are red flag laws a good way to prevent future mass shootings? This was our test. Mm. This was our test to our experiment. It did not include the word president Tr- or the, the phrase President Trump. Sometimes we feel like if, if it includes President Trump, people are more quick to jump on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's something positive about President Trump. 79% of you said no red flag laws are not a good way to prevent future mass shootings. 21% of you said yes. Mm. Interesting. I feel like that was a successful uh, experiment. Yeah. That proved your hypothesis. Do we have a, are we going to ask the poll again the same way with we President should. Trump in it? I would we be interested should. to so see. So was the hypothesis conservatives watch the blaze? Yes. <laughs> that, was, that was the hypothesis. Look, it's a conservative audience, but I wonder because, I mean, you know, look, President Trump has expressed, you know, at least uh, general support for the idea of a red flag law. And if you, if you put that in there and say he's supporting it, do they come around to it a little bit more? You know, look, he's done a good job on a lot of things. So, I mean, uh, there's a little bit of trust, I think, that's been built up there. So that might be the reason. Mm-hmm. But I think people have to remember, like, the Constitution is set out there so it's not about personalities. It's not about what is going on in that moment. It's not about the emotion of less this past weekend, as terrible as that emotion was. The, the Constitution exists to avoid emotion. Mm-hmm. It, it exists to create an, an uh, and I'm going to say this, and it's a weird time for me to be saying this, but to create an environment of sober decision-making, right? <laughs> and uh, and so that is the time. That, yes, thank you. As we're drinking Bud Light, uh, <laughs> it is one of those things where you're supposed to be able to make those decisions based on principle and not based on what's going on. And so uh, I hope that, I, you know, we, we saw this, we took tons of calls of people, and I said, look, I don't want to hear anybody, you know, if you supported Rubio or Cruz and you don't really like Trump, I don't want to hear from you. I want to hear from people who really like Trump. What do you think about this? The overwhelming majority of people said, look, he's done a great job. However, this is a line we shouldn't be crossing. We need to hold this line. It's important. If we give an inch to the left, they're going to take a mile. He mentioned when he gave his, his speech, he did use the term due process. Mm-hmm. Yes, he did say it. Mm-hmm. And that's the key yeah. in all of this. Yeah. All right, today's poll, which one of the 2020 Democratic candidates could just stand getting a beer with? Tulsi mm. Gabbard, you ready? Mm-hmm. Tulsi Gabbard, uh-huh. Elizabeth Warren, Andrew Yang, or Bernie Sanders. Those are all that you have to choose from. Uh, I mean, it's mm. Tulsi time, I think, here. Yeah, yeah. me too. I think we're going Tulsi she, time. I, I was think say for lo- all of the men, of I think course. she yeah. loves her country. <laughs> I really do. Uh, I've I watched her. I, I, she, I, she just speaks from her heart. Now, I might not agree with a lot of this stuff, but I think, uh, uh, you know, when you look at Beto and some of it, it is posturing, constantly posturing, yeah. and finally, who could get more outrageous than that? Andrew Yang. Yang is, yeah, he, I, I agree. Those I are two Yang guys. Except I'm going to drink wine. I'm not drinking any beer. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Do you I, think you could reach Yang? No. Like, Sanders, there's no way. I no mean, way. he's just right. basically, he's, he's on his Climate train and he's, he's, he, it's yeah. all a big lie for yes. him. Yang is just wildly confused. <laughs> but I bet you <laughs> he would be guy. fun to have a beer with. And I yeah. bet you he would not take it personally if you were debating with yeah. him. The two things you, know, yes. know, but you see in Yang and Gabbard, and I think this is why conservatives sort of gravitate that way, is you never hear them say the reason why conservatives believe this is because they're racist. It's because they're awful. It's because they're terrible people. They Look, you know, you listen to Yang's justification for his universal basic income, and he's basing it off of Friedman. 
He's saying, like, look, we get rid of all the social programs like Medicare and Medicaid and all these other things, and we do a universal basic income. I don't agree with that, but at least there's some sensibility there. He's at least thought it through. It's not Bernie Sanders saying, hey, here's a couple trillion dollars for everybody to split. And so I think, like, both Yang and Gabbard, and Gabbard because of her service in particular— is someone who stands out and you say, like, this is someone who loves America. This is yeah, someone who, I, while I totally disagree with her on policy, is at least a person you can relate to well, and understand where they're coming from. Or Elizabeth Warren. I know. Elizabeth does not no get one wants, No know. one wants to go get them a beer with her. Get them her. a beer. Uh, all right. Let us know what you think at The Blaze's Twitter. That is at The Blaze. Gentlemen, thank you for being here. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you. How would you spell hamster if I were to ask you right now? H-A-M-P-E. Yes. Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.